Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of I Know Why the Nick Caged Bird Sings. The podcast where we watch, review, and rate every Nicolas Cage movie so that you don't have to. I'm your host, Steve. Joining me, as always, is the lovely, the birthday girl, Hannah Martin. Hannah, how are you this week? Oh, man, I'm, I'm great. Had yeah. a nice celebration, but just watched an incredibly depressing movie, so it's a little bit melancholy. <laughs> yeah, this uh, <laughs> this movie this week was a bit of a downer, uh, so you probably see it from the title of the podcast episode. We watched Leaving Las Vegas, and this is the first of the four movies that we are referring to as The Golden Cage. A few more might qualify. After the the four that we watch here? We'll have to, we'll have to see. We'll discuss it in a minute. Yeah. However, uh, this is, you may recognize this movie as the movie that granted Nicolas Cage his one and only Academy Award. He won and an Golden Oscar. Globe. And the Golden Globe. Yeah. Is this the only Golden Globe that he's won was for this role? I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> You're supposed to be my research person. <laughs> we'll find out later. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. How about that? Yeah, so leaving Las Vegas, if you're unfamiliar, and that's why you're listening to this podcast, he Nicolas Cage plays a drunk who kind of sells everything to go to Las Vegas, and he basically drinks and drinks and drinks, and that is the entire premise of the movie for the most part. He does fall in love with his co-star, Elizabeth Shue, is not the name of the character, but the name of the actress, so... That's essentially it. So, Hannah, why don't you get us started with what are some of the ratings? What, what's the Rotten Tomatoes, that kind of thing? I know it's pretty high. It is pretty high. So, on IMDb, it has a 7.5 out of 10 and okay. a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. 90 is good. I don't think it's the best that we've seen. I think, like, Moonstruck was inexplicably high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Time to Kill was... I mean, not Time to Kill. Time to oh. Kill was abysmal. <laughs> that wasn't even ranked or rated. Yeah, you can look. You have it all, right? Was it Trapped in Paradise? It was uh, Red Rock West had a 95. Oh. Yeah, and then, I liked that one. Yeah, and then Moonstruck had a 93, Raising Arizona 91, and okay. then Leaving Las Vegas with 90. So that's the the top that we've seen from Rotten Tomatoes. We enjoyed I, all of those. Yeah, in some way or another. Uh, I will also say that there are a few movies that do not have a Rotten Tomatoes score, you it's mentioned Time to Kill, probably The Boy in the Blue. Oof, and, and, definitely for the best. And are you ready? Industrial Symphony number one, The Tale of the Brokenhearted, or The Yikes. Dream of the Brokenhearted. <laughs> Yikes. So if you're new to the podcast, or if you're joining us again, you know that we like to get this podcast started with a little bit of a behind-the-scenes story, some Nicolas Cage trivia that Hannah likes to relay, whether it be about where Nick is at in his life or about the movie itself. So what have you got this weekend? So because we mentioned that... Nikki Kim won an, an Oscar, an Academy Award for his performance. Mm-hmm. I thought that it would be fitting to start this podcast off with his acceptance speech. Ooh, yeah, And let's we can do that. see who he thanked, mm-hmm. see what else he talked about. Just to say he was nominated alongside Sean Penn, Richard Dreyfus, Anthony Hopkins, and someone named Massimo Troisi, who I'm unfamiliar with. Okay, then. But I know the other three actors. Yes. Very, uh profound careers what year was this this was 1995 and the oscars awarded to nicholas cage oh boy oh boy three and a half million dollar budget some 16 millimeter uh film stock thrown in and i'm holding one of these i have got to thank the members of the academy for this for including me in this group of super talents and and for helping me blur the line between art and commerce with this award 
I, uh, I, uh, well, I, I know it's not hip to say it, but I just love acting, and I hope that, uh, I hope that there will be more encouragement for uh, alternative movies where we can experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. Let me thank the awesome, multi-talented Mike Figgis. My incredible, my incredible, amazing co-star, Elizabeth Shue. I am, I am going to share this award with both of you and uh, 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 the late John O'Brien, whose spirit moved me so much. Tony Dingman, Annie Stewart, the producers, Annie Stewart, Stuart Regan, everyone at MGA, uh, MGM, UA, I'm sorry, and Lumiere. I'd like to thank Ed Lamato, my colleagues, Jerry Harrington, Jeff Levine, Richard Lovett, and uh, uh, everyone in my family, my gorgeous wife, Patricia. And I just finally want to say, hi, Weston, it's Daddy. I love you. Thank you. So what immediately strikes me from that clip is that it still doesn't feel right that he calls himself Daddy <laughs> and that he has a child. It just still doesn't feel right that he has a child. Be your own daddy sometimes. I guess. <laughs> did you read that on a bumper sticker or something? <laughs> so what did you have to say about the... Uh... So two things. Mm-hmm. The first, he mentioned the late John O'Brien. I don't know who that is. So John O'Brien wrote an autobiography in 1990, which inspired the director to get a screenplay written for this film. Oh, okay. So John O'Brien wrote the novel that Leaving Las Vegas is based off of? Yes, an auto, okay. an autobiographical novel. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. He found out that his novel was being used as a basis for the film and committed suicide two weeks later. Whoa. Yeah, really sad stuff. So the director thought about maybe canceling the production, but he thought that it would be a good tribute to his life, which yeah. I don't know if I agree with. I don't know. Based upon, we did mention how sad this movie is, so. This movie is you can, terribly sad. You can assume what happens at the end. Yeah. Um, Whoa. Yeah. But on a, a lighter note, okay, I suppose. Okay, please. We need it. We need it now more than ever. <laughs> That's why I started with that. And okay. I figured I'd, I'd lead with that. And yeah. then, uh, you know. Swerve a bit. <laughs> so, did you hear the name Tony Dingman? Maybe. Who's Tony Dingman? Who's Tony Dingman? Hollywood actor Nicolas Cage hired a drinking coach to observe for his role as an alcoholic writer in Leaving Las Vegas. Oh. His cousin Roman Coppola said, You should go hire Tony Dingman, who was at that time very drunk and also a poet. Hire him to be your drinking coach. So Nick, Nick says, so I had him on set with me all the time. Poor guy, curled up in a fetal position in my trailer while I played the bongos. I was trying oh to get God. some rhythm for my character. Oh my God! I guess I I don't I guess it worked because he won the Academy Award. But of course he hired a drinking coach and played the bongos for him because why wouldn't he? Because he's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, so Tony also apparently would say a lot of really poetic things because not only is he a poet, but he's also inhibited. Right. (laughs) Or no no uninhibited. (laughs) (laughs) No inhibitions. Right. So he would say a few things that Nick would hear and they would just make their way into the film. And when we get there, I'll I'll let you know what uh, was inspired by Tony. I think you can 
probably assume. Really? Okay. There, yeah, there are a few, I mean, I, there are a lot of really great lines and I didn't write them all down because it, so one thing about this movie, we'll get into the, the scene by scene in a moment, but one of the things about this movie is that it's a long movie and you, it, it feels long, but it moves quickly. Which is kind of weird to say. Like the scenes are really there's no one They're scene that's short. longer. They're very short. And as yeah. you heard at the beginning of his acceptance speech, they also filmed this on like 16 millimeter film, mm. so there wasn't much hiding, I guess, behind mm-hmm. cinematography. It yeah. kind of just like it. It was what it was. Yeah, it, you kind of just took it at face value. Yeah. No, I think overall this this movie was really good, although sad, as we've mentioned a few times. So. Do you have any other behind-the-scenes stuff that you want Unfortunately, to Unfortunately, right I do, yeah. Okay, okay, great. So in the most unsurprising, unshocking turn of events, oh, God. Nick Cage often is a bit of a method actor. Okay, so he got blasted Oh, yeah. He, sh- he showed up to some scenes to shoot while he was completely hammered because he wanted a credible performance. Wow. He said that it was only a four-week shoot. Thank God it was only a four-week shoot because there were a few scenes where I wanted to be hammered. Because I wanted to be out of control and have them photo and have them photograph me so that I could reach that credibility, that authenticity. Hmm. A scene that comes to mind is the casino scene where I flipped the table and had a blackout because I don't know what happened. Wow! And that is one of the most. That's that's a that's a big scene. B- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, get to we'll that get there. In, a, in a second, but yeah. So he was actually drunk for that. Whoa. Yeah, he he was like, I'm just going to get hammered. I want something crazy to happen. And I want them to keep it in the movie. Hmm. And they did. Wow. But he probably hurt the like. Oh, yeah. 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 The waitress. or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. The cocktail He doesn't waitress. mention that. But thinking <laughs> no. back to that scene, he probably hurt her. Yeah, he probably hurt somebody for sure. Lord. Yeah. Yikes. Yikes. Yeah. A few more things. Okay. So Mike Figgis, the director, encouraged uh, the lead actors to experience their characters' ordeals firsthand by doing some of their own research. So did Elizabeth Shue go and be a prostitute in Vegas? She didn't become a prostitute, <laughs> but she interviewed. Shadowed? She okay. inter- I think she just interviewed. I don't think that she uh, should follow oh, Right, yeah, that's not really a profession, you shadow. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but Cage researched by binge drinking in Dublin for two weeks, and he had a friend videotape him while he was drunk so that he could study his own speech pattern. That's and interesting. Then, yeah. Um, he also visited a few hospitalized career alcoholics. Oh, wow. But then mentioned that it was one of the most enjoyable pieces of research he ever had to do for a part. So he has no soul. (laughs) (laughs) He also knew that the man that he's playing actually committed suicide like a week ago. Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. In terms of when they were filming. Yeah. I wonder what like his mood was like on set you know because it sounds like he was having a great time and then he was really solemn and then he was really drunk and then he'd be having a turnaround having a good time again it just sounds like he's all over the place which is honestly i don't even know why i'm saying that like i'm shocked yeah i mean i have to i couldn't find anything about whether he and his co-star elizabeth shoe got along or didn't get along Mm -hmm. but if if you watch the acceptance speech you, there is a moment where she stands up to give him a standing ovation and then like turns around and encourages the rest of the audience to stand up for him. Yeah, she seems so genuinely clearly, happy like, for him. So she clearly was happy, has a lot of respect for him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh boy, anything else? No, I, another interesting thing to note, he isn't um, discriminatory, I guess, toward one alcohol or another. Okay. He drinks... A, a gamut right you, <laughs> you mean know the, you see ro- the character or nick 
like Nick's character. Yeah, okay. You know, he's drinking rum, tequila, mm-hmm. vodka, whatever. Yeah. And sometimes you see the brand, but apparently one drink manufacturer was really not happy that um. their product was going to be portrayed in that light, I guess. Yeah. So like when they were doing editing, they had to edit out the label. Ah, did they blur it out? They said that they like, I don't know, they made it a negative image and then like flipped it around gotcha. or something. Okay. So they just like distorted it, I believe, right, so that like, it wasn't as easy to to read. That's honestly how we watch half of these movies on <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> People just put them up on YouTube and they flip the images and whenever there's a song, they slow it down so that you can't understand what yep. song it is. And then they cut off like the bottom corner and it's like technically legal or something. I don't know. It's on YouTube, so. Yep. And those are most of the movies that are garbage anyway. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, Amos and Andrew was yep. one of them. Yep. 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 <laughs> that was terrible. Yep. Really bad. Yep. All right. I think we okay. get going with the plot. Yeah. So, the next part that we like to do here on the podcast is we like to go through the movie Nick Cage scene by Nick Cage scene. So, some episodes are longer than others because he's the star. Uh, and that's the case for this movie. He is the star of this movie. He's in a ton of scenes. I think I wrote down like 30-something scenes. But like I said, and like Hannah said, because it's probably because it's on a 6 millimeter, 16 millimeter, 6 millimeter, 16, 16. millimeter. 16 millimeter. He actually has a movie coming up called 8 millimeter is the name of the movie. He anyway. also is in a movie called Snake Eyes. And I believe in one scene he is playing, is that Craps? Yes. Yeah, he's playing craps in a casino and screams snake eyes. <laughs> so I, I thought about that when I heard him say it. I was like, oh, yeah. Because he does play craps in this movie. So yeah. that reminded you of an upcoming movie. Gotcha. <laughs> well, that is just called. I have no idea if that. I have no idea oh, if snake eyes is oh, about gotcha. gambling, but it's called snake eyes. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. What else would it be right. about snake's eyes? <laughs> yeah, well, right. Who knows? Who he knows? Had, he had two cobras. Jesus Christ. <laughs> You're, you're absolutely right but uh yeah so let's actually i haven't looked up any exotic pets that he may have acquired in like the 90 the, right the, the 90s while you uh while you move on with the plot you're gonna look that up i'll do my own research all right all right let's get going here so i actually quite like the way this movie opens the movie opens up and if you've seen a clip of this movie there's kind of an iconic scene that's the very first shot of the movie of Nicolas Cage and he's almost like dancing and fist pumping his way down the aisle of a liquor store while he's whistling and he's wearing sunglasses inside and he's just really pumped to be buying all this liquor. So that's kind of right at the top. It's the iconic scene from the movie, I think. And Empire Magazine did a ranking of greatest drunk scenes in movie history in 2005 and that was ranked eighth. Wow, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you know... That a lot, I've heard a lot of people, like actors, will say that it's really difficult to believably play drunk. And the way you want to do it is you play drunk, but you're really just trying extra hard to be sober because that's what drunk people do is they, they try to be sober. So he really nails playing drunk in this movie, I think. So right after that, after that iconic scene right in the beginning, he walks into a fancy restaurant and confronts the comedian Richard Lewis, who's uh, people might know from Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's a really good comedian, but he just has a really small part in this role where Nick Cage goes up, he must be an old friend or something, and asks him for some money. So we also find out that he's like a screenwriter or something. Like I said, these scenes go by pretty quick. He then finds himself at a bar, and he has a nice could scream right in the beginning here at this bar scene so i'll, I'll insert here he just goes <coughs> like just a nice little pop which is always good and he pumps his fists in the air as he's doing it 
and he starts hitting on this girl at the bar and he starts singing a really weird song which i think he was even credited in, as writing it in the end credits we watched the whole credits and at the end it's there some song came up and it said written and performed by nicholas cage so that was a nice little easter egg to find in the credits there he's talking to this girl he's singing to her he's really hitting on her and he says another good line he goes what do you say we finish these we go back to my apartment on the beach. So a nice little, he raises his voice. It's a, it's a good scream there as well. And she turns him down and I wrote down Sad Boy Nicky, which is the persona that we've given Nicolas Cage whenever he's sad in a movie. But he's Sad Boy Nicky this For entire, the entire movie. Of the movie. Yeah, yeah. He is very, I don't know, empathetic, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Is that the right word? Sim- empathetic? Empath- he makes he, us have emotion for him, right? Sure, I never know the difference. I think that's that one. Okay, we'll go with that. If it's not, write in. (laughs) Send us a notarized letter. Please, correct my grammar. (laughs) Yes, please. So the next time we see him, he's this this these first couple scenes are all like an opening montage, kind of like a day in the life or or a week in the life of of this of this drunk, and he's literally got a full bottle of vodka he's drinking and driving and a cop pulls up next to him he hides the bottle the cop drives away and he keeps drinking so he's in really bad shape nick cage then goes to a strip club and he slams like a whole bottle of booze at the strip club which is crazy and this was a really cool scene too so actually the director was nominated for an academy award for best director for doing stuff like this he cuts the audio after he slams the whole bottle of booze and he's just sitting there at the strip club and the audio just cuts out it goes blank and you can you can see nick screaming but you can't hear anything which i think is like a really kind of cool way to do I thought it it was really powerful yeah absolutely yeah show his like internal struggle mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so he then you see him in his car and he is just wasted drunk he is blasted drunk he picks up a prostitute and it's still the audio still hasn't quite come back yet but you can still hear a little bit of the audio then uh, the, he takes the prostitute to a motel and he's really slurring his words and he says something along the lines of like his wife left him and he said, I don't know if my wife left me because I was drinking or I started drinking because my wife left me. I and, have something sad to share about uh-oh. that. What's that? Apparently John O'Brien, who this mm-hmm. is all about, Yeah, he mentioned in his autobiography that it was exactly because he was drinking is why his wife left him. Mm, yeah. Yeah, you know, and it, it uh, for a lot of people, it can go kind of either way, yeah. you know, which is, you're right, this is just a sad movie, so that's, It is yeah. really sad. Yeah. And then once you know the backstory, I think it makes yeah, it even more yeah. depressing. Sorry. Uh, no, it's okay. No, you. no, it's it's important information. We can't talk about this movie and not bring that up. Oh, you know? definitely. Yeah, yeah, so. so the pro- That movie made me not want to drink, honestly, yeah, for well, a while, and, and I am hungover. <laughs> <laughs> every weekend we are hungover when we're recording this podcast but it's had his birthday so we, we celebrated all day yesterday yeah. we actually we had a lot of fun we had a good time yeah so you know i'm not i'm not too and then we were in bed by 9 30 yeah that's true. <laughs> so he's with the prostitute at the motel the prostitute steals his wedding ring at some point as well but then you see him with it on later in the movie so i don't know if she actually steals it or not but uh, so he then goes to the bank to cash one of his checks from his job, and he's going through such bad withdrawal symptoms that he can't even hold a pen without shaking. He can't sign the back of the check. So he also is like really hitting on this uh, bank teller who's a blonde. 
I feel like we should just describe his mm-hmm. appearance, not clothing-wise, mm. but just like how he carries himself and how his face looks mm-hmm. too sure. for the entirety of the movie. I mean, it's it's really scary. Like yeah. they do makeup, I guess, around his under eyes mm-hmm. to make it look more like purple or red. Yeah. So that his eyes look just like really puffy and sunken in. Um, Especially his eyes when look he's, red yeah. as well, like the like the irises. No. The whites, the whites of his, of his eyes, eyes are, yeah. are going red, yeah. Yeah, especially when he's at the bank. And, like, there are a few scenes throughout where he kind of goes through these withdrawal symptoms. And, he, you like, they his face is completely white. His eyes are red and baggy sweaty. and sunken in. And he's sweaty. And, and like, he still... His hair sucks his in the hair, whole movie. Yeah, that's that, nothing new. <laughs> no, that, that's his natural hair. But it's not, like, short-cropped like it was in Kiss of Death, which we watched last right. last week. No, it's which obvious that he's losing it. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he's really losing it in in this movie. So, yeah, he looks horrible throughout most of, if not the entire movie. I would say the whole movie. Yeah, yeah, but some scenes he looks worse than others. The ones that he's withdrawal. Yeah. Like going through withdrawal. Yeah. So he decides to go to the bar. He gets a few drinks. Bartender kind of confronts him about his drinking. He goes back to the bank. He's totally fine. He can hold a pen now. But also while he's waiting in line at the bank, he takes out a tape recorder and starts recording like a really like graphic vulgar sensual message that he then wants to play maybe for the bank teller but he never plays it. Yeah, so that's uh the first count of him being inspired by his drunk coach. Gotcha. The okay. poet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're right, I probably could have guessed that. <laughs> There's a second big instance and okay. then possibly one more if you okay. mention it. Okay. We'll see. We'll see if we get there. <laughs> For those of you keeping score at home, <laughs> there's possibly three more, two, two or three more. So he then, we see him at his office and we're like, holy shit, this guy's still holding down a job. But, you know, he is in his office and he's holding his, his office desk phone upside down. So again, not a really good sign. He gets called into his boss's office and his boss says, look, we're going to have to let you go. You kind of know why. And he says, uh, you know, what are you going to do now, Nick Cage? And Nick says, I think I'll move out to Las Vegas. And then it's opening credits. So we just had like 10 or 11 scenes. They were quick scenes, but this was like 20 minutes of the movie. I was going to say 15, 20 minutes. And then opening credits, which again, I think is a really interesting and kind of powerful way to do it. Mm -hmm. But also the movie's called Leaving Las Vegas. And 15 Mm -hmm. minutes in, he goes to las vegas right so we were like oh he's not in las vegas already he must have been in la because he was i think it was la yeah Yeah. i think they mentioned that later in the movie as well he then there's a quick montage after the credits you see he's packing up his house or his apartment whatever it is he's just throwing everything away he's burning burning stuff yeah he went to the grocery store to buy more booze and trash cans or trash Trash bags bags. yeah yeah and maybe matches or something as well yeah you know i don't know but so he's the things he's burning too. He's burning everything, including his passport and a picture of his family. So it's like, oh, okay, he definitely yeah. had a wife. He and definitely a, and a kid. had a kid too at some point. So daddy, we, he, <laughs> daddy, <laughs> Zaddy. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> you know, sometimes life imitates art, right? <laughs> So he's driving to Las Vegas, and you see him drinking and driving again. And uh, I did write down here that all of the women in this movie look the same. And I think we decided that that was probably intentional, that Elizabeth Shue looks like his wife or ex-wife. 
and the bank teller also looks like the same woman because they they want like you know nick to find somebody to fall in love with quickly and easily it's like oh you look like my ex-wife that's kind of why i'm gonna fall in love with this person he then goes to a gas station on his way there and he runs into these guys from latvia and it's kind of like a weird not really that explored part of the movie where elizabeth she was a prostitute and her pimp i guess is this latvian thug and so nick cage is at the gas station and runs into like his henchmen and then i don't know the i feel like the latvia stuff doesn't really go anywhere in this movie it's not really the strongest part of this movie no, for sure. i kind of forgot about that yeah exactly so He's driving into to Las Vegas, and he runs into Elizabeth Shue the first time. He literally almost runs her over at a stoplight, and they have a quick confrontation, and that's how they meet. So he's at a motel. He pulls into a motel called The Whole Year Inn. So it's supposed to kind of be like The Whole Year Inn, like I'm in the hole. I'm, I owe people money. It's Vegas. So The Whole Year Inn, The Whole Year Inn is the name of the motel. It's $30 a night, which you said, is that good? Is that bad for $1995? It's probably pretty average, right? Yeah, I would think so. It's just it's a cheap motel on the yeah. outskirts of Vegas yeah. in the mid-90s. That sounds about right. It'd probably be about 60 bucks a night these days. Mm, maybe more, I would think. think. Yeah, I don't know, actually, because it's cheap, yeah. right? Eh, I, don't I don't know. know. Who cares? <laughs> so... He is in his car again. He's then walking down the the Vegas Strip, and he runs into Elizabeth Shue again, and he pulls her aside, and he says, wait, I've been looking for you, and he says, stop right there, and she stops walking. He turns around, goes behind her, and yells, great ass, which is good, and then he's like, I want to hire you. I want to pay you 500 bucks for the night or something along those lines. They go back to the hotel room. The hotel room is, like you mentioned before, it's covered in liquor liquor bottles. It's tequila, it's gin, it's vodka, it's everything is in there. So they he pours him a couple of drinks, and she comes out of the bathroom, and she says, for $500 a night, you'll do anything. And not just that one scene that we had in the bank earlier, but this entire movie is really, really vulgar. Like, they don't pull any punches. They're using lots of dirty words that... Uh, yeah, and there's also female nudity. Well, again. yeah. Again, I mean, at this point, it's like ninety percent of Nicolas Cage's yeah, movies have include like female nudity. Film anthology. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's see here. Where were we? So, yeah, they're in the motel room, and he, she is going down on him, and he kind of decides that he doesn't really want to go through with it, and he starts singing a song that he says he's singing and he's singing and he's singing, and then he goes, "Oh, Bill Cosby," <laughs> like. So, yeah, he starts singing about Bill Cosby. So maybe this is the the movie that is credited because he also sang a song in the, the bar. The song that's credited? Yeah, the yeah. song that's credited in the movie. Did I say that backwards? You said the movie that's credited. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> like I said, we're hungover again. Don't worry about it. But uh, so they don't really hook up. And he says, you know what? I'll, I'll just keep the money. I just want you to stay here and we can talk. And she, for some reason, is like infatuated with Nick Cage just straight off the bat. And I don't get it. No, and we find out in this scene that he came to Las Vegas. He was like, I sold all my possessions. He's like, I'm going to drink myself to death. That's the goal. He's like, I figure I have about three or four weeks worth of money 
to drink 200 300 worth of booze a day so much that's a ton and she's like yeah that'll probably do it you know nbd so we're just, just like slugging yeah and we're just like this is a really depressing movie so that sad. i wrote the words depressing movie i know and it, it made me feel so much worse that i was hung over while watching it <laughs> i didn't even think of it because i <laughs> you know we watched it later in the day i'm feeling better oh now. that's true no i mean yeah. we weren't like dying right, right i also didn't wake up in that bad of a state nah. because we went to bed at 9 30 yeah and we woke up at like nine <laughs> so you slept for 12 hours straight yeah. <laughs> so the next scene we see nick cage is he walks into a pawn shop and he runs into the latvian pimp who's trying to sell a rolex I don't know. and he like buys the rolex off the latvian pimp but that's like kind no, of no he doesn't well the, the that Lat- was his own the, Latvi- the latvian sells the rolex to the pawn shop for only a couple hundred bucks or something. And he's like, no, nah, this is worth a few thousand. And the pawn shop's like, a few hundred, take it or leave it. He's like, I'm going to resell it for $500. And then Nick Cage goes, $500 Rolex, I'll take it. I'm pretty sure that Nick Cage was selling his own watch. Oh, he might have been. He definitely was. Yeah. Because he doesn't have it later in the movie. And, and Elizabeth mm. Shue's character even commented the first night that she came over. She was like, that's a really nice watch. Yeah. He was like, do you want it? Right. So he probably that watch is John money. O'Brien's. That watch. The watch. That's uh, why I know that that was for sure Nick's watch. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. So that watch was John O'Brien's, and I think Nicholas like kept it after the movie. Cool. Okay. Well, not cool, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right, but the, I did think that was a weird scene, so maybe that was just another I scene th- to kind of bring I, attention to it. I think so. Gotcha. Okay. So then he's Nick. We find Nick Cage again. He's back on the New York on the New York Strip. That is a cut of beef, not the Las Vegas Strip. <laughs> <laughs> I said that right as had I took a drink of water. So he the cut of meat. Then Elizabeth Shue finds Nick Cage and she approaches him, and he's sitting on a bench and he's just whacked out of his mind. And she's like, "What happened to your car? He sold it for more money," and. He asks her to dinner, and she says no and walks away, and he keeps talking, even though she's walked away. So that's just how far gone he is. He, we then see him back at the, the motel, and Elizabeth Shue shows up at the motel and says, hey, are you free for dinner? And they go out to dinner, and they call it their first date because she says, why are you a drunk? Like, why are you, why are you this way? And he's like, well, if you ask me that, that means we're on our first date kind of thing. And... He goes, well, I don't, to be honest, I don't really know why. All I want to know is I just want to keep drinking. And so he's, you know, knocking stuff over and, and he's getting in the way and all that sort of stuff. On their first date, they, they're she, walking down the street. She's very cool and about it. Yeah. Understanding. Yeah. Doesn't really seem to be phased. No. Yeah. I mean, so I was going to mention it actually so she knew in the going, next scene. She knew yeah. going into this relationship that there was going to be no compromising. Yeah, well, that's sort of like the exact next scene is is Elizabeth Shue invites him over to her place. And he's kind of like, why do you want me to come over? And she's sort of like, I'm tired of being alone and I want someone to have, like, to come home to. I want someone to take care of almost. And it's like... like she just wants, yeah, I don't... Companionship, but why him? You know? And... and so but but you're right so she was like i'm never gonna try to change you and he even says you can never ask me to stop drinking and she's like yeah okay i'll I'll never ask you to stop drinking so like she's just totally okay with it and and he's okay to it and then gets mad later in the movie yeah it's like you knew i mean of course she's human 
Right. And watching someone kill themselves is incredibly depressing as we can attest to because we watched the movie right yeah but i'm sure firsthand it's even worse yeah it's yeah. really serious and you know i uh, man i know this is deep i know we're getting this is deep. deeper than what i intended it to be i'm sorry this is not the usual podcast no we're usually we signed up for yeah everybody's podcast or every episode is somebody's first episode right that's how that's what they say in podcasting so welcome. i mean in this one it's the it's you know the it's the pinnacle of his career. Yeah. T- in terms of absolutely the Hollywood foreign press, I presume. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. No. This is w- so. This is what launched Nicolas Cage. I mean, like he was in a lot of oh my God. commercially successful movies, but this is what made people say, "Okay, he's a real actor. He's not just Francis Ford Coppola's little nephew." I think that his most recent work would uh, really make you think otherwise. <laughs> What most recent work? Like these days. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. But that's what I'm saying, right? Like, so he's bankable. Pe- at this time, people mm-hmm. are saying, I want to hire this guy because I know I'll get a good performance out of him. These are the people who haven't seen Peggy Sue. <laughs> these are the people who haven't seen The Boy in Blue or Amos and Andrew. Deadfall. De- well, yeah, Deadfall. I I give him credit in Deadfall because he was he the only something. one who acted. It wasn't great choices, but he acted. Everybody else just stood on an X and said words to a face. Yeah, but it wasn't good acting. And if we're saying that this is the mark for good acting. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> he did a thing. He did a thing. He did a thing in that movie. That is for sure. So he agrees to live with Elizabeth Shue's character and... She said, you know, why don't you go pack up the motel and, and bring your stuff over here? We find out he goes back to the motel. He just throws away all of his clothes and he only packs the liquor bottles. So then Elizabeth Shue goes out and goes and buys him a bunch of new clothes and, and presents, she calls it. And she comes back home to find <laughs> that he is passed out in front of the gate for her like apartment complex. And the landlord and the landlady are like kind of freaking out. Like, I don't know what to do about this. Who is this guy? Oh, my God. Who's this drunk out here? Yeah. And so he, she brings him inside and he's like, I'm in love with you. They, they say they love each other after, you know, spending two days together. And they have a really touching moment. And he does also say the words, I suppose sooner or later we ought to fuck. <laughs> Because they still haven't like had sex beyond that one little intimate yeah, they moment that first night. Intimate at all. Well, no, she went down on him that oh, first true. night, but for he like paid a for second. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then she's like, after they say they love you and stuff like that, she's like, oh yeah, by the way, I brought you presents, and he goes presents. <laughs> so he screams that, and I'll put it in here. So the presents are a new shirt, which is his second shirt because he just only has the, the clothes on his back. The one that he's wearing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's it. And a flask was the other gift. And she, and he was like, this is really, this means a lot that you would buy me this because she's accepting of it. And he, I think even in this scene too, says that he's accepting of her lifestyle as a prostitute. Mm-hmm. That's true. I mean, she's no. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, but it's legal in Vegas, so. They keep kicking her out of everything. Yeah, because she gets in fights with people and yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. And she's always hanging around with Nick Cage who destroys stuff. So they decide they want to take this new shirt out for a spin and go out and go out on the town. So they go out to the casino. They're gambling, having it's a good a time. It's a salmon-colored shirt. Oh, yeah. yeah Very it's salmon. bright yeah. salmon. Like an orangey. Yeah. yeah maybe and he wears it under a navy suit. Yes. Looks good. So 
they go to a casino and he like puts a coin in one of the penny slots or something and then he like basically picks her up from like her underarms and pushes her up against a wall but the wall that he pushes her up against is like across the room he like really picks her up and moves her a good couple of feet the wall is a slot machine. It's another slot machine. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> but like, you know, it's I meant a metaphorical wall, like pushing someone up against the Got wall. Got it. Yeah. That's was that mm. a nice save? No. Oh no. <laughs> so, I can see right through you. <laughs> no, Jesus. And then, you know, he knocks more shit over and she's like, Oh my god, I just love you so much. And it's like I, we don't we don't really understand why, but I guess they're both kind of broken people. Yeah, and then things spiral out of control pretty quickly. Here. Yeah, so this is the scene Hannah referenced a minute ago. This is where he must have been really drunk on set, where they're gambling, they're playing blackjack, and he's wasted, and he accidentally, you know, kind of knocks something over, and then the No, he the gets cocktail. into a fight with the waitress. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, yeah, the next bit is that he... I believe yeah. he... If I heard it correctly, it was kind of mm-hmm. difficult to hear, because it's not only filmed on 16 millimeters, but I mm-hmm. highly doubt that the audio was top notch with a three million dollar budget but anyway right. yeah i believe he asks for a bloody mary mm-hmm. and she looks at him and sees that he's drunk okay and refuses to serve him mm. and that made me think back to when he said like his one rule for elizabeth shoe is that like you just can't ever tell me not to drink mm-hmm. and I, i'm uh, probably stretching here but mm-hmm. that may have also been what happened with his wife or right. something right and that's yeah. why she left yeah, no, like that makes she sense. said, "Don't drink," and he went ballistic. Yeah, that makes sense. And there have been a few times in the movie where he kind of goes a little bit crazy when someone like tells violent, him, violent. Yeah, when someone tells him not to drink. Yeah, so he like or, pushes the the cocktail waitress, and security comes over, and he flips the card table. Yeah, which a is big. Well, I don't. It's a. He's still ripped from the last movie. <laughs> no, he's not. He lost all that muscle. Well, he lost a lot of the muscle, but he's still in really good shape because we yeah, do see him true. shirtless. That's later true. He in the does movie. have like a six pack, yeah. even though he. <laughs> He's a binge drinker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So not even a binge drinker. He's an alcoholic. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So he does scream in this scene, and it's what? 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 No! No! Fuck you! Fuck! And then he screams a few times. I'm a father. I'm a father. At least that's what you picked up. I didn't quite pick it up. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was like the biggest scream in the movie i think so too yeah definitely so they're back at uh, elizabeth shoe's apartment and he it's the middle of the night he's going through withdrawal sy- symptoms again and he walks into her bedroom and they kind of cuddle in bed and and he's like i'm sorry for what happened or something and she's like don't be sorry i'm using you too which again we were like we don't really Why? understand I don't get it. what's yeah. her motivation yeah yeah but I, I guess it is just that like she wants her she life wants to something have to take care of. Yeah. Hmm. She wants someone more broken than her. Like, Maybe. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. That it's could probably be probably a combination. Yeah, sure. But it's never really clearly stated in the movie. So it's the next morning and he's like, you know what? I'm going to go get some stuff for breakfast for us. So he decides to go out to the grocery store. But on his way, he stops at a bar where he is kind of speaking to no one. But he's also sort of talking to this girl that's at the bar. And this girl's like pissed at her boyfriend who's playing pool at the bar but even though these people are at the bar and it's early in the morning and so he's like sort of talking to her he's doing like a funny british accent and he's saying things in latin and uh yeah anyway would you like to know where that came from Uh, is that the dude is that the (laughs) drinking coach this is the drinking coach oh man yes 
he said, you do not kick the bar, you lean into the bar, into the bar, because it's not vino veritas, it's in vino veritas, whatever the fuck that means. So it's... Something in, about truth, wine and truth. Well, no, isn't in veritas, we, we trust? Is that veritas, is veritas truth or trust? Give it a quick googs. Truth. Damn. Because <laughs> like vera, ver green no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> verified right okay so it's so it's in vino so in wine wine in wine we trust is the truth in, we trust or is the truth yeah so it's not trust in wine or truth or truth, truth in wine wine is yeah it's in so you want to lean into the bar into not the, kick bar. the bar not kick i don't know it, whatever it doesn't place. matter yeah, this yeah. dude's a drunk poet yeah <laughs> and he's just saying random shit during the scene so nick cage told the director that he mm. wanted to say that in the movie and then mm. he just went ahead and did it gotcha yeah. or he probably didn't say anything he just he, he probably didn't tell him that he was going to do it he probably just went ahead and did it mm-hmm. similar to the oh, yeah. casino scene <laughs> Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so because he's talking to this girl, he's not doing anything with her. He's just kind of talking to her or at her or in her general vicinity. And she's trying to make her boyfriend jealous. So her boyfriend comes from across the bar and punches Nicolas Cage in the face. And he is bloody as hell. And it's all over his brand new shirt. It's pretty disgusting. Yeah, it's everywhere. It's really <laughs> gross. So he comes back to the apartment and he kind of like laughs it off when he sees elizabeth shoe you know what it reminded me of mm. vampire's kiss <laughs> when he had the blood all over his face after right. murdering that woman yeah god vampire's kiss was incredible so good thinking back i'd it watch so it again good. not next halloween maybe <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> guess i'm alone in this anyone else if you want to watch vampire's kiss with me hit me up there we go because clearly steve doesn't want to i just we're going to have to watch a dick cage that movie that weekend anyway I don't care. I still want to watch that. (laughs) So we're watching two (laughs) Nick Cage movies that weekend. Why does that have to be over the weekend? That's true. I guess we're not recording a podcast. That's true. Yeah, we could do it during the week. Fine. You win this round, Martin. No, it's fine. You don't have to participate. No, no, no. It's fine. (laughs) Anyway, Elizabeth Shue and Nicolas Cage, (laughs) they are, uh, they're back at her apartment and she's like, Oh, why don't I get you cleaned up? And she like barely wipes away any of the blood off of his face. And oh, then, yeah, then makes out with him. Yeah, they start kissing over the blood and it's kind of gross. It's yucky. Mm-hmm. So she's like, why don't we go get you another shirt? So they decide to go to the mall. And Hannah says that he's dressed a little bit like a pirate in this scene. He's wearing like a big kind of fluffy white shirt in a black vest. Black pants, black, black pants. shoes. Mm, yeah, so he's, he's definitely looking like a pirate. And he's tripping over the escalator and stuff and he's trying to catch himself so he does like a little spin move and a snap of his fingers it's pretty cute yeah and then so he after they go up the up escalator he goes immediately back on the down escalator and she's like nick where are you going and he screams again he goes and he kind of cocks his head back when he says that and it's kind of like it's it's a more lighthearted. yeah it's cute but it's also like god i know another drink i know so they're sitting and they're talking and, and at, at uh, a restaurant within the mall and he, he he's just talking and talking and then he starts coughing and he's coughing and coughing and he screams again and he goes, <coughs> nurse, 
<laughs> and so he does like his we'll, big we'll insert yeah we'll insert it there but he does like these big wide eyes when nurse he does... and like nurse referring to the waitress yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and then she comes over and he like puts out his hands like boo yeah he's <laughs> like goes, ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> and his eyes get real wide as they do so that was a that was a good little good little bit there. Of course, the scene ends with them being mad at each other and sadness. But so we move on, and they're back at the apartment. And Elizabeth, she was like, "All right, well, I have to go to work." And it's kind of like the first night that she's like, Leaving he's, him alone." Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they both like, "Hey, be careful out there." But she's like, "Hey, why don't we, you know, take a few days when I get back from work? Let's take a few days and go to this really nice place out in the desert that." Uh, you know that I know of this nice motel or yeah, something. Yeah, I think I mentioned it to you when we were watching it, but I mm-hmm. I feel like she kept coming up with plans for the future with him, like yeah. the, the very near future, but still like things to keep him hanging on on one one <laughs> one <laughs> for just a bit longer. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I thought I thought that was a really good observation. So thank you. You're welcome. So they're at this desert motel the next morning, and they're by the pool. And this is where we see Nick Cage shirtless, and he's still in incredible shape. And Elizabeth Shue is too. Elizabeth Shue's got she's like ripped. She's ripped. Yeah, she's she's in really good shape. I wish my arms were that defined. <laughs> she's like uh, Sarah Jessica Parker in Honeymoon in Vegas. Damn, I forgot. She was in incredible shape, but the she fucking directors on the made her treadmill. <laughs> yeah, the producers sent her a treadmill. <laughs> we're like, why Assholes. don't you use this? Yeah, that was so mean. They were worried about her weight. Jesus, it's like she, worried about your own weight, asshole. Right, right. So. He decides in this scene to, while they're at the motel, that he jumps, he has a bottle of beer in his hand, and he jumps into the pool with the bottle of beer. Like, he goes under, and he starts drinking underwater. Which I didn't think was possible. I don't know. It's, it's, it'd be pretty tough, but I think you could do it. You probably have to plug yeah. it with your thumb yeah. until you put it in your mouth. That's what I'm thinking. That's what she said. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> We're trying to get comedy out of this somehow. <laughs> This is for you, folks. <laughs> so part of the fantasy that he described in the bank on his tape recorder was that he wanted to pour bourbon all over the bank teller's naked body and lick it off her so that she can then be clean to go have sex with anybody she wants. That was like the fantasy that he... Yeah. yeah so they're sitting by the pool and he's, again, he's just whacked out of his mind. And uh, Elizabeth Shue grabs the bottle of liquor, starts taking her bathing suit off and it's like the middle of the day at this motel and she starts taking her bathing suit off pours liquor all over herself and he starts licking it up and then they're like let's take this to the bedroom he gets up he trips he falls over a glass table and they essentially get smashes the glass table oh yeah we thought he was gonna die from that like right then and there he probably should have yeah yeah unfortunately the table like broke into small enough pieces but they did get kicked out of that motel seems to be a pattern yeah getting kicked out of places exactly yeah so they always get kicked out of places just for being drunk and yeah exactly so after he falls though he does have a good couple of lines which i'll insert but it's whoops whoops i'm like a prickly pear i'm a prickly pear So after they get thrown out, you see him very briefly in the car. He's asleep uh, on their way back to, to Central Vegas, I guess, back to her apartment. So he's in the apartment, and he wakes up from his bender, what have you. He's shaking. He grabs a shower. He eats. He drinks more liquor, you know, to get over his uh, his he doesn't hangover. Eat. Oh, you're right. He doesn't eat. They're he about eat to eat. He doesn't eat anything in yeah. the movie. Yeah. That was something else that I hmm. saw. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. His character doesn't eat, or we don't see him eating anything. Yeah, Elizabeth you're right. Shu makes him rice, mm-hmm. and he eats a piece of ice. <laughs> <laughs> Close enough. No, it was actually really interesting because he looks like he's, because they're eating, like, Chinese food, basically, with the rice, and he's got chopsticks, so he looks like he's about to take a bite of the Chinese food, but instead he reaches into his glass and takes out a piece of ice with the chopsticks and eats that. Instead. And earlier in the movie, they're at like an Italian restaurant or something, and he doesn't he doesn't take a bite. Take a bite of the wow. spaghetti. He just plays around with it. Interesting. And drinks. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't notice that. He wants to kill himself. Wow. It, t- it takes him a long time. Yeah, yeah, and it's. Well, com- I guess he has enough calories to sustain life. Yeah, I guess somehow. I mean, they're not the ca- yeah. Yeah, I mean that's how you yeah. die, right? Because you don't get the right kind of nutrients. Right. But yeah, so. He eats the ice with the chopsticks. He then finds himself back at the casino by himself, and he's playing craps. And I think that's when he screams snake eyes. He screams snake. He might scream snake eyes, but he was also rooting for a five. So he's but it cuts to him right at the casino, and as it cuts to him, he's like mid scream. He's just like ah five. But there's so much music in the background that I don't think I'm gonna cut that one in. But it's a it's a pretty good scream. So. He, he might, after the five, root for a snake eyes. But he runs into... There's been this other prostitute who's kind of, like, been sort of hanging around throughout the movie as well. And so he runs into this other prostitute. And I guess because he's so drunk, he brings her back to Elizabeth Shue's apartment while she's out working. So he brings the another woman another woman in. She kicks him out. So in bet- Elizabeth Shue kicks him out. Elizabeth Shue kicks him out as... Yeah, yeah, right after. Not the, not the other prostitute. Right. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So... After this scene, it's it's really graphic, but it's... Oh, God. Is yeah. it the yeah. teenagers? Yeah, so a Jeez. group of, like, teenagers find Elizabeth Shue, and they're like, yeah, we'll pay you, you know, for each of us or something for your time. And she shows up to their motel room for these teenagers, and they they beat her up and really they, bad yeah they, they rape her too. they rape her yeah with the three of them i think it is three, yeah. three teenagers so again really graphic we're not gonna harp on it too long but no. but yeah so you know just these two their lives are spiraling out of control yeah and she looks bad yeah she looks real her beat face up. is just all messed up yeah yeah so uh there's another really powerful scene where she's in the shower like the morning after it's 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 really like you know, this is this is an incredible movie. Oh yeah, but acting wise. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, up until that point, I wasn't really getting much out of Elizabeth Shue, but after that, I was like, okay, yeah, she's good in this movie, yeah. and she was nominated for an Oscar. As she well. was her only nomination. Yeah, I don't know what else she's from. I've never even heard of her name before this movie. I think I've heard of her. Yeah, maybe she's in chick flicks and stuff that you like. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> she's not in any action movies. That's why I don't know. Let's see what else she's known for. Doesn't say known for. What are what movies are they? Nothing I've ever seen. Adventures in Babysitting. I've heard of it. The Saint. Uh, Hollow Man. Okay. No, I don't really know. I've heard of The Saint in Adventures in Babysitting. I think I've heard of The Saint. She looks a lot to me like Alicia Silverstone. Mm, yeah, she's a, that kind of type. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, the next time we see Nick, it's really brief. He's just kind of staggering down the street. So then we see him again. And Elizabeth Shue tracks him down, or actually, he calls Elizabeth Shue and tells her where he is. And she tracks him down. She's finds him laying down in his motel room. It's dark. He's I don't think he's wearing anything. He she says he he looks sick and pale. He's convulsing. His chest hair is just incredible. It is so thick. <laughs> she goes whoa. <laughs> 
So we're like, he should be dead by now. You know, it's been a couple of weeks since the beginning of, like, of this movie when he said. And he starts convulsing. And then he reaches down under the blanket and starts playing with himself. And Elizabeth Shue is like, no, 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 here, I got it. And then they have sex. And during this scene, they have like this really creepy haunting music in the background as well. It's, it's very odd. It's really strange. Very disturbing. This is their first time that they had sex. Like, and they're last. And they're last because she falls asleep basically with him inside of her. And they wake up. She wakes up and he's dead. And that's that. And that's pretty much it. He dies that morning. And there's kind of like a quick little flashback at the end. And it just freeze frames on his face. Freeze frames on his face. That's tough to say. And then the credits roll. And that's the movie. Yep. We made it. Holy hell. I do not want to watch. I mean, I I would watch that movie again. but I don't want to talk about it again. No, that's for sure. This This is pretty tough to get through yeah yeah so my i mean that's my closing thoughts are really just that is that it's it's a tough movie to watch but it's a really good movie it's one of those yeah, ones where tough it's hard just because of the content yeah yeah especially it, if it hits home for you like i that would be that oh that'd yeah be really yeah hard to because watch. i mean he he plays the alcoholic really well yeah yeah he plays drunk really well which we've honestly seen in we some have, other movies that's true. yeah but it's usually not called for him to be that drunk in a, no, in a scene it's usually also in a more comical way right Right, yeah. Now, so this is, uh, yeah. So that was that. Any other closing thoughts for the movie? Drink responsibly. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. <laughs> Ask for help when you need it. Yes, yeah, yeah. There there are people in this great big world of ours that they dedicate their lives to helping people like that. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's kind of the, the silver lining, I guess, if you can find one. So, uh, yeah, but this movie did not have a happy ending. But it, it, in a way, you know, it... it it was good for for Nicolas Cage's career. Maybe it maybe it was good for for some people. Maybe they they found some value in in seeing his portrayal. So, you never know. Yeah. But let's so see. So now here. let's make fun of him. Now let's make fun of him with our Nick Cage awards. So again, if you're new to the podcast, it's it's usually much more lighthearted than this. <laughs> Always. And, and we like to give away some kind of funny awards that he should have won throughout the movie. So the first award being uh, the best supporting actor in the movie. <laughs> Is it Elizabeth Shue? Yeah, we can I mean, make yeah. it something stupid this time. I know. We usually give it to like the a dog. dog or a baby or an inanimate object that we thought was funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm good with giving it to Elizabeth Shue this time around. Uh, the best dressed, was it when he was dressed as a pirate? Is it the salmon shirt? Is it the salmon shirt the covered salmon shirt in blood? blood? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you like, he wears these pretty iconic sunglasses throughout the movie as yeah. well. Like gold rim, black sunglasses with like gold frames. Very Vegas. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so the bloodstained shirt, is that what we're doing? Mm, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Let's see here. The worst Nick Cage scene. A scene that didn't do anything for you or honestly, maybe the end where he dies because yeah, it was weird. It's true. It was weird. Yeah. It was also pretty anticlimactic. Yeah. I would agree with that. I mean, that that's kind of, I think that's exactly what the director was going for. So I think it kind of called peaceful, for it, but yeah, but weird, but weird and graphic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't see anything. You don't no, like no, see no. Nick Cage's penis. fully clothed. Yeah. But the most we saw was his butt in Rumblefish. Yeah. <laughs> Just the thought of it, though, was a little yeah. unnerving. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, that will be the worst Nick Cage scene. What is the best Nick Cage scene? Do you want to give scene. it to 
iconic opening. I think so. I think I so think too. That's, I think that's a smart one. Because I want to give another yeah. th- scene yeah. that you're thinking of to another award. Yeah, okay. same. So the best Nick Cage scream throughout the movie. I think it has to be that. The right? casino the where casino. he flips the table where he was actually drunk on set. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I don't think there's really any other contenders there. Of course, we, we will they have had, it in they the had a few. But, but screams but nothing yeah, like that nothing like that yeah exactly and finally our last award is the most nouveau shamanic moment so nouveau shamanic is nick cage's own acting style he yeah, described it's, it himself i mean just the like the method acting yeah it, he, i think having a drinking coach yeah. having yeah having a drinking coach and having him sit f- f- in the fetal position at the foot of your couch in your trailer while you play the bongos and try to (laughs) come up with some type of rhythm for your character's soul (laughs) how did i already forget about that (laughs) this fucking man that happened that man pretty nouveau shamans absolutely it is all right shamanaroonie (laughs) so now we have the daunting task of ranking this movie amongst the other movies tough because this isn't cagey in the way that i know cagey and that's the pro i think that's the problem with this movie that it's it's just he's really good <laughs> yeah no i agree with you like we're so we have kind of just outside of the top five are where we put the actually good movies as of right now so for example number five is raising arizona number six is kiss of death number seven is red rock west it has to be above those i think so too yeah so put it in the number five spot i think what's number four <laughs> best of times <sighs> come on i know we got to put it above best of times yeah. right Where's Racing with the Moon? Is that three? That's three. I think we should put this in, in three. In three? Yeah. You know, now that you mention it, I was like, oh, it's best of times. It can't really beat anything other than best of times. But like, I think I think it's time for Racing with the Moon to be out of the top three. I think so, too. Okay. So that that's interesting. I mean, this is a really... So it goes Vampire's uh-huh. Kiss, Deadfall. Yeah. And then this. Then Leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> yep. Wow. What a eclectic bunch absolutely so yeah so that's number three and then that puts racing uh raising arizona out of the top five unfortunately that's, that's, i mean it is what it is yeah yeah, yeah. he's no, I, made over 100 movies that's true <laughs> <laughs> so uh next week as we progress in our golden cage period we are going to watch the rock starring nicholas cage and sean connery often referred to as the last bond film it's it's not a bond film but it's sean connery basically plays james bond as an old man trying to escape the rock alcatraz never seen it yeah oh it's about alcatraz yeah we were just talking about it for some reason came up in a tv show or uh, something parks and rec yeah that's what it was so that's exciting the rock a lot of people know the rock and then i believe after that is going to be face off Face off or Con Air, Ooh, which either or. Oh, and so that's Looking why we. Forward. That's why we call this the Golden Cage because it's not only was this first movie of the Golden Cage critical success, but these next three have wild commercial success and have become just cult classics. Cult classics, campy, campy movies, incredible. Looking forward to absolutely. So that's next week. Anything else you would like to add to tie everything together? No, I think I. I made my peace with this. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, I'll leave you with this. Happy birthday, Hannah. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) And now you know why the Nick Cage bird sings. Thanks for listening, guys. Take care.